Hello and welcome to The Schism. The Schism. This podcast is all about critical thinking, dot connecting, the nature of reality, and trying to uncover the truth about the world we live in, society, who we are, and where we come from. I'm your host, Reese, and joining me today is my co-host, Adam. Greetings. Hello, everyone. So before we get stuck into this first episode, I really wanted to just challenge the stigma behind conspiracies mm. and being called a conspiracy theorist. Because people will use that as a slur against you. And as soon as you embark on a journey of self-discovery and questioning things and, and questioning the like the official narrative on things people will dub you oh a conspiracy theorist oh you don't believe in all them conspiracies do you and it's just worth noting that conspiracies and and, and conspiracy theorists is something that was popularized by the cia in 1967 when they sent letters out to all major media outlets saying Anyone that questions the JFK assassination, anyone that comes up with an alternative narrative to that, dub them a conspiracy theorist. Wow. As a way of painting them crazy and dangerous, and it's been used ever since. Mm. And the dictionary definition of a conspiracy is an agreement where two or more people agree to a secret plan to do something unlawful or harmful, or the action of plotting or conspiring. Well, so <laughs> that's like you know, every day. Yeah, that, <laughs> conspiracies, by the dictionary definition, are something that are happening all the time. So you, you'd be insane not to believe in conspiracies. Exactly. So Adam, I've known you for a seriously long time. 30 years plus? Yeah. When did we meet? At primary school at what age? Age, we were like four or five, and now that is over 30 years. I didn't go to nursery, did you? No. I no, I mean, I got thrown straight into the deep end <laughs> and <laughs> met you at... All of rich infants. Four, four years old, maybe. So, yes, yeah, that's, that's a hell of a long time. And we both went to a pretty religious primary school it was it was a catholic primary school wasn't it it was a catholic primary school i remember there was black and white photos in frames of the school when it was taught solely by nuns yeah because next to our little primary school there was like an old sort of nunnery care home well it was a care home when we were there but it before, was before we were in school it was probably yeah and every christmas we used to get carted off to the old people's home to sing carols to them and it freaked me out when i was a kid actually being around the old people did it you yeah it was that one time i didn't mind i hated it the primary school we went to was all generally okay but that was kind of a concept that we weren't i I bet other primary primary schools probably they didn't do that i really dreaded it like and and they were always so sort of pleased to see us, but you could even as a child, I could tell they weren't really with it, and they just frightened the hell out of me. They looked like zombies or something. Well, they were a lot. They were even older than my grandparents. Like, <laughs> no, they my were grandparents were old. old, but they looked really old. Yeah, and we had to sing hymns to them and stuff, and it was very weird. But yeah, apart from that, we used to pray every 
uh, we did in the mornings. Didn't mornings. We? We went to school. And, and we had to say grace at lunchtime we, we and pray then. We sang a lot of hymns. In, didn't yeah. you? Like in Friday, we always had like a hymn morning. We had to sing several hymns. Yeah. You know? I like the hymns, actually. I like the one. There was one where we had to sing. You remember? I was cold. I was naked. Were you there? Were you there? We used to laugh at the naked bit. Naked. Used to think that was really funny. Yeah, it but, was. You know, I quite liked all things bright and beautiful. yeah. That's one of the tamer ones. Yeah, that's one. Of the... All creatures great and small. That's like the, the less hardcore him. We yeah, my voice wouldn't have been like that as a kid, of course. I don't know. <laughs> Way higher pitched than that. <laughs> I sung in the choir, do you remember? Yeah, and and, and I like that side of it. The yeah, singing it was... was good, but even at a young age, and, and I, that's where I kind of want to go with this first episode, like really kind of working out what what age was it where I really started to work out that a lot of things that adults believed in were just a load of crap, basically. Like, or and the, the stuff that they were par- trying to pass down to you. Yeah, we just, I just wasn't buying. And, and it really does go back to primary school when we met. And I remember at that age... I think it was the praying and going, yeah. yeah, and going to the church and doing all this stuff. And, and, and when we were in the church, of course, you had uh, Holy Communion where they used to... Uh, I, I didn't used to go up for it because I was never baptised so we always used to sort of watch and and you almost felt like one of the unworthy ones because you wasn't partaking in this ritual that the other kids were you know yeah they got to have the bread and the wine yeah yeah yeah. this is my body this is my blood blood it was very uh even though it vampiric you want to be included but it was still like you said like like vampiric almost it was a bit bit weird it was weird and it was very sexual and even as a kid i thought it was weird and sexual and i remember thinking that as a child this is odd but i also remember thinking i wonder how that I wonder how that tastes, because to me it sort of looked like a giant, like, milky button. <laughs> this is my body. Like, I tried one years later, and, and it, it, tasteless, and it, it was tasteless. You imagine how disappointed you'd be. Yeah, it was just totally tasteless. I'd be but in my mind, I always used to think, I wonder what that tastes I'd really like to taste that. And I, and I knew that what they were drinking wasn't blood or wine, because they wouldn't in a... So been allowed was, to give alcohol to the that, kids. I don't know what that was. Was that a grape? Ribena? Grape? No, probably like cheap grape juice or something. Like oh, you, yeah, I can it, definitely it see. It was probably tasteless. I can definitely see. Just, just like the... <laughs> I can see Jesus, Jesus passing out the Vimto at the Last Supper now. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that was like just as disappointing as the... Um, as the... The little... The little wafer. But, um, yeah, that was all really strange and and I just never I never bought it all as a kid like even when we were told the stories about like Noah's Ark and uh, Moses parting the seas and and Jesus um, you know rising after three days of you know after being crucified like I, I always saw these stories even as a child as like metaphors yeah, you know, like oh, yeah. okay. There's a message to this, you know. Not yeah, they weren't li- literal. I, I think I even got that as a kid. They didn't. I didn't even picture them as li- literal st- yeah. stories. I even I they were like, thought they were metaphors. Yeah, even if you I probably didn't understand what metaphor was. Yeah, I probably didn't even know know the word, but yeah, I kind of thought they were 
you know, they were messages because everything else as a child, like even the kind of stories that you would read as a child, they, you know, they, they all had, they all had messages to them, even nursery rhymes and things like that, you know, they, they, so it, it seemed like it followed a similar format to me. Crazy to think years later, I'm, I'm listening to adults that believe all this stuff is, you know, factual it actually happened they're not seeing the stories in the bible as as metaphors they're they're actually thinking the that, literal literal think thinking. Of it, well that's the way in a literal sense the way thing is when we were kids like i think you don't really realize at the time because you are reading these stories and they are kind of being tried to be taught to you in a literal fashion because you're reading them that you're reading. I don't think any of your teachers ever tries to explain that there could be a metaphor in place, did they? I think they kind of left leave, which can be confusing for a young child. They almost like leave you to try to like work make, it out for work yourself. Out for yourself. Yeah, you know, sort of. The and like we we didn't really like, although we were still praying and things like that, we didn't really believe in it. But that's because it didn't follow us back home. Because although our parents sent us to quite a religious school, we they, they weren't really that religious. Well, we weren't from Catholic families, obviously. So. No, they just sent us to the school because it was, was yeah, a good, good school. Good primary school, yeah. But the kids that we knew that were going home to religious parents, they believed in it completely because well, they were just getting it 24-7. They didn't know anything else. Obviously, you and me went, both went to a different secondary school and had quite a different experience. I went, so we were burnt to a, what we would call in Britain, a, a, a private school, a private primary school. But then I went on to a state school and you went on to a private- Your private secondary school. Secondary mm -hmm. school. Now, I think my experience was a little different to yours. Oh yeah, I would say so. But. The sim probably had all the similar yeah. things of any young boy going through puberty in secondary, any secondary school. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I definitely felt like I was being thrown into the deep end a bit because I went from having a really small class of pupils and everyone from, you know, like well-off parents and things like that to suddenly going to a state school where it was like completely mixed mm. and... I had a class of loads of kids and I was just like, oh my God, like, you know, I'm, I'm such a like, small fish in a big pond. Like, mm -hmm. it, it was a bit of a Dorf, shell shock. Dorf. But mm -hmm. for you, did that not really happen? No, or? see, because if you think that our primary school was quite small, you know, it was like 100, 100, 120 kids, quids or the most and our primary school was a tiny primary school. See, mine, so, mine was like over a thousand. thousand your state school, wasn't it? <clears throat> well... You know, mine was, I think mine was 700. I think I had about 700 in my school. So it didn't it didn't have the same feeling as your little fish in the big pond. I did feel that, that it was more of us. I think the difference with my experiences, because I was going to a private school, I was going to kids that were super bright. Like, you know what I mean? That was, okay. that was probably where our probably experiences differed the secondary school. Or their parents had really high hopes for them and yeah. they were like, you know, super ambitious and you and did you feel the pressure of like, I've I've got to succeed and I've got to kind yeah, of Yeah, yeah. I mean it was a it was a built in familiarity, even 
I remember even joining because obviously you didn't have to take an exam to get into your state school. I had to take an exam to get into my school, and obviously I did pass, which is why my wow. parents yeah. okay. chose to send me there because they thought if I was good enough to pass the exam, then <laughs> anyone could go to my school. <laughs> yeah, well, this is the literally dark, this is the dark thing. What was I? <laughs> this is this. This is like we'll probably get onto this a little bit later. But I was only being challenged on things in the exam that I probably only learnt the year before that I'd remember a short amount of time. So probably anyone could probably right, yeah. anyone okay. could. So yeah, yeah. 11-year-old could have probably taken that exam and got into my school. It was just parents who didn't have the money to afford to send them to yeah. the sec. Do you know what I mean? That probably yeah. came into one of the factors. But, yeah, I think that's probably was the dead difference is the fact that in my secondary school, a lot of the teachers and the kids were... The kids were already very academic. I knew, that he, I knew even though I thought I was quite a bright kid. But I was aware that I was probably bright enough, but I couldn't handle the pressure as well as the other okay. kids who yeah, under yeah. to succeed. Do you know what I mean? I was, I was probably, you know, still like the primary school boy, the dreamer, you know, where in my secondary school, there ain't no time for dreaming kids. Yeah, right, you know? okay. Yeah, see, like with my school, it was like, oh my God, this boy's smoking, they're talking about hooking up with girls they're talking about all this stuff i just was completely out of my depth like i'd come from this little kind of bubble into this world of of all these things that i just didn't have a clue about um just remember just being like scared out of my mind but um yeah quite quite interesting like looking back at school now like secondary school i had a great time at school um socially and and yeah, I, you know, I, I didn't have an unhappy childhood or school life at all. But when I look back at the education that I got at school, it, it really didn't prepare me for later life at all. Like, yeah. like when I look back at it now, I, I you know, I could plan a better. infinitely better curriculum. To get, I could plan a better lesson to teach some kids <laughs> in, in in every subject. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And 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 I'm you know I'm I'm not like a, a, a academic and if I can come up with a better system very very easily to prepare children and young adolescents to be adults in the great wide world, world then the curriculum teaches. Yeah, them. like I then know it's by design. Yes. Because it's not because of ignorance, because if I can work it out, then the people in charge can definitely work it out. So I then know it's by design. Like education is like that for a reason. And I now think of education very differently. I kind of feel like actually the point of education is not learning. It's firstly to teach you about authority respect authority you have an authority figure at the front of the classroom and you have to do what they say you have to put your hand up to go to the toilet yeah you have to behave yourself and respect authority and respect the rules now it teaches you that very well and at school you line up in lines when asked to just like soldiers and it's very mechanical and robotic when you think of it in that way well if you think like even sort of the set lunch time set lesson times like they even 
the fact that your lessons are programmed into a time like they're all going to be an hour long each well I think that's quite funny the fact that every lesson would be like an exactly an hour each surely how can some how does a teacher exactly plan a whole lesson to do yeah. to an hour and Should you have like a, you know an hour's lunch break and it's it's sort of very similar for when you do go out into the you know wider world of of work but it's also very similar to prison <laughs> you know very similar like I remember watching an interview with Jaden Smith, of all people. What, Will Smith? <laughs> Will Smith's son, <laughs> yeah. And uh, he was pointing out the similarities between prison and school. And when I was listening to it, I was thinking, wow, can't, you know, I can't believe this kid is so switched on to be saying this stuff. But he had a really good point, you know. It's like you have like these like long corridors and bells that are going off and you have like, you know, your, your lunch hour. You've got to get in lines a lot. You've got to get in lines. You've, you know, uh, you, you, you have to kind of ask for permission to do everything. Um, there's a hierarchy in prison, just like there's a hierarchy at school. You know, the, the, the cool kids, the tough kids are at the top and, and the weaker kids are picked off and bullied, just like in prison. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, you know, I remember listening to uh, I remember listening to the band Dead Prez, the kind of uh, yeah. Public Enemy equivalent of like the nineties, and they uh, they got a lyric in one of their songs like, "Oh, the same people that control the prison system control the school system," and you know that that is true. Like when you think about it, like it prepares people for prison well, remarkably well. The craziest thing is the jump that you do, Reese, from primary school to secondary school. Already by the time you move into secondary school, you're already, your subjects are being doubled. You're being taught a lot of unnecessary stuff, which we were talking about the other day, that you don't really need to learn in school. But what, one thing they don't make... need to know algebra. They, but one thing they make sure they definitely get in is the programming part. They want to try at least make sure that you understand when to be in, when your lunch breaks are. It's like that, that get them ready for the working engine of life, you know what I mean? Get them already prepared for the programming of that life, you know? You know, we, we were saying that in school, all this time we have, five years of secondary school, we learn all these subjects. Now, as you, when you're young, you know, I think a lot of these subjects are, are, aren't very useful to you unless you really particularly enjoy one. But that's completely ignored. You know, you, you don't, you're not taught to be a thinker of any sense like that. They just throw these subjects at you and they want you to learn as much as you can in a short amount of time, just to repeat it again for a lesson. But it's no in any way sense preparing you for life. Well, it's in all built up to the exams, exams, I feel like. It's all like, okay, we need to you to memorize this stuff and you need to, um, take on the information and retain it up until the exam when you can repeat it. Yeah. And then the day after the exam, you can forget it. Oof, gone. Doesn't matter. As long as you can just remember it right up until then and repeat it back, you'll pass. And I know people at school that got straight A's in their exam. 
Oh, my secondary school was full of them. That have now grown up to be complete dimwits. <laughs> because <laughs> what they were great at was just memorising the information. Sometimes they would do it on like cue cards or make a game out of it or something. And then when the exam come, they just went boom, 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 boom. Sometimes it was even like multiple choice or whatever. They just memorised it all. Da, da, da. They didn't like... To take it in. Take it in. Like, retain the information. That's it, retain it. Yeah. It's not wisdom. Yeah. That's the difference between it, yeah. isn't it? It's just information that you can repeat back, like a robot or a droid, in time for the exam. And if you can do that, you can pass. If you're not good at that type of learning, you won't do it well at school. But you could be highly creative. You could you know, be a really gifted child, but if you're not good at that one thing, that retaining information, repeating it back, you won't do well that, that at school. Is, that is the first sign of programming because we want to program them to be the droid of just re repeater, a repeater, yeah. a repeater. Every year, repeat the word yeah. of the curriculum you've been yeah. taught. But like, it's never anything. You, you think we... It's never anything still valuable. You go through these years of just having to repeat this information. And when you come out of school, I mean, like I said, our secondary school experiences, I mean, like you, I did enjoy secondary school. I was definitely in the bottom of a lot of my classes for not being as smart as the other kids, but I did enjoy it. But at the same time, it didn't make a difference because I think we still both left. I mean, you fortunately... Yeah, pretty clueless. Cl clueless. Yeah. I mean, You're not taught about how to get a job not, not or sign on at the dole. You're not taught about money. You know, money is what makes the world go round. As soon as you leave school, you realise how important money is and... You're not taught anything about money at school. You don't know the first thing about money. You don't know where it comes from. You don't know the history of money. You don't know any interest rates. You know the big. You don't thing. know anything well, about thing. anything. I mean, you really go out so unprepared. You, you, and 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 apart from that, you don't know how to do basic things like they don't teach you how to put up a shelf or fix a car engine or jack a tire change up a or change a light bulb change a fuse you know I mean you know they don't, you know at school race they don't even teach you your basic human civil rights they don't teach you about law they don't teach you about law yeah they, they don't they, teach they, you, you know, human you rights that's a great to, point you, you have to have the option of choosing law Jesus Christ I think it would be obvious to teach people what their common human rights laws are yeah yeah these are your rights as a human being I think I think even a young person should understand that it doesn't matter what age you know and but they won't no one teaches that that and stuff in school it's all the BS it's all the stuff that they want to program you repeat forget you're filling your brain with rubbish in those years and then you come out like you said clueless if you're lucky enough you found a core subject you were good at you know maybe you were very good at a science or an art whether it was a graphic a, a sort of with a language maybe or whether it was design but if you were one of those people like me which was I'm afraid to say sorry mum and dad I was a bit of a plank. I was average. <laughs> I was average or okay at everything, but never, never, never shone at particularly anything. But I was no, in no sense, an idiot of any sort. You know, very smart, bright young person, but did not have the right curriculum, let alone yeah. the right yeah, teachers for you to shine, to shine, to, yeah. to, to, to extract 
the stuff that, that any probably like a wise, intelligent man would come up to and you just see your best parts. Yeah, you know? yeah, and and then in, and then encourage and exacerbate them. They, the teachers, they, did they do that for you in school? Did any of your teachers come up to you after no. school and see anything? What was all no. a lot of it? If you were doing something like daydreaming or asking questions about class, what was their reply? Just get on with it. Well, this is the yeah. other thing as well. Like, from being a young age, you're always taught, like, stop daydreaming, stop staring out the window. But later on in life, you actually, re- like, myself doing a creative job for most of my life, working within advertising, working within branding, um, working within music, you know, being creative i've learned that actually daydreaming is a big part of that and letting your mind wander really healthy you know what isn't healthy is being distracted constantly whether that's with like technology and mobile devices or or anything you know being in a in a quiet enough headspace that you can let your mind wander and daydream is actually really healthy and especially for like young minds you know, I don't think it's really important for children to actually be bored. <laughs> and yeah. like, I know that sounds strange, no, but no, I agree with you. When, when a child is bored, that's when their imagination opens, like a flower, whoom, and they just think, right, okay, I've got to make my own fun. And at that point, they really start to, you know, let let their imagination just run away with itself and, and dream up these kind of worlds in their mind and... I feel like people that just give their children like, oh, here's an iPad, they're they're, they're taking that away from them Mm. because they're just staring at a screen and there's no imagination in that. No. Imagination is not engaged. It's it's already creating the imagination for them, everything that's on the screen. They're not... They're not using, like you said, that core part of their brain to drift away. I mean, I still do it now, Reese. I mean, like with daydreaming primary school, daydreaming professional daydreamer, professional daydreamer. I mean, crikey, if there was a role, I would be CEO of the biggest daydreamer company. Oh, they're cool. You'd have your own cloud overlooking (laughs) all the other clouds. Yeah, I wonder if I could like rip Apple off and instead of having iCloud, could call it a cloud for Adam. <laughs> but yeah, yeah daydreaming yeah. is is seriously um, undervalued. I yeah, mean, they, every good idea ever has been a has come from daydreaming. <laughs> surely. So the thing that you get told at school, you know, the the thing you get told off for the most, I'm daydreaming. You know, is the place where all good ideas ever have come from. See. That's what kind of annoys me, and, and you probably they don't want you to have. They don't want you to have your that. own ideas. They don't want you to ask questions, and they don't want you. They don't want to encourage your imagination. And I can't help but think this is all by design because it doesn't. You know, anyone if they sat down and actually spoke about this very quickly would be able to realise that this is a, a flawed system. It's sort of this weird paradox where it's like. The parents naively think that the kids are getting everything they need to know from school, even though they went through the same school system and they know that they didn't, but yeah, whatever. Mm -hmm. And the school sort of thinks, well, everything we're not teaching the kids, they learn from their parents. But, you know, a lot of this stuff, you you don't learn from your parents either. 
because they just sort of they're, they're busy enough with work and all the rest of and, it and, and, and they just sort of think well you yeah, know they're yeah, at yeah. school they're learning everything they need to know and then at the age where you sort of leave home or whatever and, and you're completely useless your, your, your parents are sort of thinking, oh, what, what, what's wrong with you, kind of thing. You've spent six years at a good secondary school. Surely you should have the yeah, capacity yeah. to like manage your own life. Yeah, and you're like, no, they kind of didn't really teach me anything. <laughs> it's, I feel a bit kind of cruel on some of my quite good teachers from my school to say, sorry, I like... Well, not, it's not there for it's, it's, the, it's, 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 it's the, the curriculum. curriculum. But this, we were saying this is kind of what we were referring to, dude. So the fact that we know you and me now, we can sit here and say, look, the curriculum's all wrong. So why doesn't it change? If we have kids, our kids will probably go through the same. It doesn't, it's almost like it's set there for a reason to keep feeding the same horseshit, they're your better repeater. You come out of school, you repeat, you fail, you lose. You set the next generation up to do the same. You repeat, fail, you lose. Yeah. And, and, but, but no one comes in, like we said, and just be like, hang on. Hang on. All right, okay, maybe there's some really smart kids who I think should be over here and learning about this stuff because they're displaying very high intelligence. And there's nothing wrong with having to say, look, these, can be, these people are going to have a capacity before doing greater things because they are more intelligent. We should just accept that. If someone's more gifted, then maybe they should have a chance for their potential. But let's just have everyone else who doesn't have a super great interest in maths or chemistry, even like you said, can we at least try to extract out each and individually one of those children, what they are good at. So when they leave school within five years, they'd actually be in a job that not yeah, only not that they want to do, but they'll be happy doing The society will be better off. There's probably millions of people out there who feel exactly the same way about this, you know. It's not, yeah, it's, it, it all leads you to the point where you think, right, it's like this by design. Yeah. Like, I remember watching like a clip of John Lydon when he's like Johnny Rotten, <laughs> back when he's legend in the Sex Pistols. And he says, uh, oh, you go to school, they take your brain away, they take your soul away. Like, it really does feel like that. Like, if anything, it's designed to kind of like strip you of your individuality, strip you of your uniqueness. Yeah. Take away your imagination. Take away your creativity. Like it's it's like it's not like it's oh the education system it's it's flawed. It could be much better. No. What if it's designed? Like what if it's actually expertly designed and, and engineered and, and been for a while to be the way that it is? Like I feel like the the point that people get to is. They always put things down to like incompetence, like, oh yeah, the education system's rubbish, isn't it? Could be way better, but you know, they just don't pull their finger out. Like, no, it's the way it is actually expertly engineered. It's meant to be the way that it is to breed a, obedient little drones that just do what they're told, don't ask questions, obey authority, repeat back, exactly whatever they're told it's like that by design it's like that on purpose you know we're taught history but we're not taught about ancient civilizations no no i mean we're not taught about my history started at the industrial revolution that's where it started 
So you know, so from school, you're taught nothing about your real origins. You're, you're taught nothing about well, where you, where humanity actually started. Well, you're taught from. about where you start from. Like they give you your biology lessons. Like well, how the fact they started from the, the industrial revolution. Like that's where things start from. I know. When things got industrial, <laughs> that's when the brainwashing started. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, literally, like, that's where we're going to take things from. And then before you know it, it's like, World War One, World War Two. Like, oh, my God. Like, yeah, I know. It's, it's kind of weird because, you know, they do in school. I think that's some of the stuff. See, we would probably agree here that the stuff that is useful is history. Learning definitely about history. I, I was definitely more... I liked history, but I was probably more pro-geography because I was kind of like the way things are in the world and the, the atmospheres and the winds and the clouds. But uh, <laughs> The clouds. The clouds. I love the clouds. But uh, no, history was is a core and it, it is a core subject that people should... I liked history. I took, it, I, I took history for a... Uh, you know, chosen subject, chosen. not for an A level because no. I, I I went to college, but I would have done if I'd have stayed there. I took it as a chosen subject yeah. and religion about Judaism and Christianity. That was it. They left. They left out Buddhism, <laughs> Hinduism, um, any of the ancient religions. But like that, pretty much, we're from the UK. They they never touched on like paganism or anything I, like like. No, I know. It's yeah. like crazy. Like what was missed. Off of the curriculum. Literally, well, they don't. They don't teach you. This is the thing. I mean, people probably agree here that the British Empire's had a pretty barbaric past in terms of what we've done to the world. But they don't teach us about that. Do they? Do they always tell? I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying for whatever reason that we should teach your kids this stuff. You know, some of these horror stories might be too much for kids, or maybe we should try to leave some stuff in the past. But they don't tell you really about the Commonwealth or how the British Empire came to be the British Empire. They don't even tell you the 200 years before that about all these crazy kings and queens for 400 years were marrying each other across all points of Europe, you know, to all try to seize control of each other's countries and territories. Yeah, what you're actually taught was Britain was the, was the heroes. We stood up against Hitler and the Nazis, mm. we beat them, we're the good guys. That's what you're taught, really. That's what you're told. We're the good guys. And another thing that you kind of constantly have drummed into you is that we know everything. We know everything and we're, and this is what you're being taught at school, but you're not, you're not taught that. Actually, we, we really don't know hardly anything. We don't know why we're here. We don't know what consciousness is. No. Everything that we do know is just a theory. Based on experiments only built within the laws of consciousness, yeah. how we understand them. Yeah. And then, you know, yeah, we don't really know the true nature of reality. We don't know enough about our ancient civilizations to know the messages that they're trying to convey to us. Well, it's like in school, they taught, teach you like they do know all the answers. Yeah. Yeah, you're not taught what we don't know. And I think as a kid, like, if you were taught, like, okay, well, there's a lot of things that we don't have the answers for, like, it would sort of encourage you to maybe think, well, maybe when I grow up, I, I could be someone that, you know, uncovers the answer to well, that. Well, do you know what? There's a funny scene from The Truman Show when he's growing up and in school, 
she says to the young Jim Carrey boy, says, oh, would you want to be a navigator? I want to sail the world. Oh, pulls down the map. Everywhere's been discovered already. <laughs> oh, he's facing yeah, another right. It's just obviously keep him in the reality of in the movie, yeah. in the TV, but they keep keeping him in the same place. But yeah, yeah. not too dissimilar, the fact that they tell him they get all the answers, Yeah, they really don't. Yeah, whereas the truth is, we haven't discovered the stars. We haven't even discovered our oceans yet. No. And, you know, okay, we've discovered everywhere across the globe, but we haven't discovered what's inside ourselves, our, our inner universe. Yeah. You know, like there's, there's, there's so much that is yet to be discovered. But, yeah, you are kind of taught that at school. Like, I don't, you know... <sighs> Is it too much to ask of children to try to get them to understand their idea of their own consciousness? This is the, always the thing, that the stuff that they assume that as you grow up, you'll just magically learn the things that they think you need to learn. And then all the stuff that they spoon feed you is rubbish is just completely useless yeah. thereafter. We're obviously coming from this whole thing from when we went to school, which was a long time ago now. Yeah. From what... I gather schools now are, are very different and really the programming is just more extreme than than ever. And now I think that the kids have a lot more to deal with. Like firstly, they have social media and they're completely addicted to technology from a really young age. Like yeah. I, I, I see parents give a kid, and I'm talking like almost like a toddler, like a baby, like an, an iPad to, to shut it up. Like, that's just like a go-to now. And, you know, before kids know it, they are just hopelessly addicted to technology, which we know has these dopamine feedbacks. Well, that was something... highly addictive. Like, it's really like giving your kid, like, an addictive drug. Well, that's like something from a super, we, super we early We didn't age. have in our secondary school then, because no. Facebook wasn't out then. No, know? well, we didn't have I mean, mobile phones when we were at primary well, they, school or yeah. secondary school we, they just about just come about just and about. the internet was probably just, in its birth yeah in its birth <laughs> when we were leaving secondary school like so we, we were kind of out of that but I, I know kids now like grow up with it and super young kids are like get me an iPhone when they're like want to be popular you know, eight years old or something they've got like an iPhone and I think that comes to the pressures of, of young people in, in the schooling programme because I think they've got more things to worry about than, you know, like how they're viewed and labelled. Well, and again, a lot of the the a lot of the education now will be replaced with looking at screens um, rather than books, and it was right pretty ridiculous during this pandemic in the UK where oh, it was like kids won't be allowed to be oh, educated because there's schooling. not enough iPads and laptops to go around and I thought to myself what happened to books because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. when we were at school it just wouldn't have been a problem oh they, would they? they just would have said well they've got the books they know the curriculum all they've got to do is learn what's in the books and to repeat it in the exam that you know, we've already discussed. That was the whole basis of the program, right? So, if COVID have, 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 had happened when we were at school, there wouldn't have been a problem. But then suddenly, I was hearing news reports: there's not enough iPads to go around. What are we going to do? It was like, um, use textbooks. Like, am I missing something? It literally wouldn't have been a problem when we were at school. 
Like yeah. suddenly, oh, there's not enough iPads to go around. I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous. And then people having conversations about, well, the poorer families, you know, they're going to miss out because they don't have the iPads. Whereas, again, that wouldn't have been a problem. All the kids at school would have had the books and they would have been able to do it. But See, that's the crazy part of where is schooling going at, Reese? Like, I mean, you know... Absolutely might, mental. I mean, you... I mean, school should be a way, like a... a, um, a a period away from screen time yeah. where you do just sit, listen, learn, read, read books, you know, mm. not look at a screen even more. Like if people think that's updating the school system, more iPads or whatever, it's like, no. Yeah. That's like the wrong way to think yeah. about it. That should be a break away from screen time. But again, that's not the point of the school system. Like oh. it's it's to get you more addicted to screen time, more programmed, and I think technology has turned that up even more. And then also identity politics, I feel like has been brought into schools and and kids from a really early age are being that's that stops them from spiritually progressing when they're they more aware of labels. labels. Yeah, they're more aware of labels, and at the end of the day. Kids should be as as innocent and naive when it comes to all that stuff for and as free. long as and possible. Free. And free, yeah. You know, like, as a kid, you don't care who your best friend at school is, whether they're white, black, Asian, whatever, you know. Now we're sort of taught, like, no, no, no. Not being aware of it is 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 racist. You, you have to be aware of it. You have to be obsessed with race. It's like, well, no, actually. Like, if you look at kids and, and how innocent they are and how they're, they're actually unaware of it, 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 it's not like they're less racist. It's just like the, it doesn't even exist in their world. Yeah. So it, it doesn't even come into it. it. Racism only occurs when you start bringing all these labels into the equation. We are all one. We're connected with the universe, the planet, Mother Earth. We are all unified. It doesn't matter what skin colour you are, mm -hmm. where you come from. We're all the same. We're all part of the same human family. Right. You know, imagine yeah. if you taught kids that kind of message. And imagine rather than making them pray like we had to or, you know, leave religion out entirely. Like imagine if you made them, oh, not made them, but, you know, like yeah. encouraged them to like, meditate yeah and 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 sit in silent reflection and brought this kind of thing into their education as well as teaching them skills for life you actually taught them to be like spiritually at peace with themselves and like you could really like with the right kind of education my god you you could transform in people's lives like oh you, in years you know five years yeah well, and 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 say like the kids that didn't like just sitting in the classroom and doing what they were told and stuff like that, they might love meditating or they might love doing yoga or they might love, I don't know, talking about like philosophy or like, like we weren't taught about that school. No, we weren't no. taught about like so much. Like I thought Socrates was a serial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it sounds like it's made by girls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, there's you know there's so much that you're not taught it really is crazy and and the stuff that you are taught really feels like it goes in one ear and out the other and it's almost become a sort of cliche of like oh yeah you know you like forget your your algebra and your long division and, you know we're talking about like photosynthesis or yeah. whatever else and you, you 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 know remember a bit of it but you the rest kind of 
blurs into obscurity and you know you learn about the map in ge geography and stuff but you know you look at a map now and you and you're scratching your head like yeah. they don't teach you like <laughs> that's true what what they don't teach you is like wisdom because wisdom stays with you and the kind of learning that you do at school just doesn't no it's not wisdom even encouraging yeah like when your dad teaches you how to shave for the first time you don't forget it it's thereafter. Retained forever. Yeah. Or when when it first clicks how to do your shoelace or whatever, you you know, you, you, you struggle with it for a while, but it clicks and then boom, you've got it for life. Like there's certain things that, or, or the cliche, oh, you, you never, it's, it's like riding a bike, you know. Yeah. And oh. it's true. You never <laughs> forget that. And I went skiing a few years back I haven't been skiing for like 10 years. Yeah, you know, I've never been skiing, dude. Yeah? yeah? What, you didn't go when... No, school. No, no, no. Great. No. Well, I hadn't gone for 10 years, and I got back on the slopes, and it was just like, bam. Just like I'd gone, you're, you know, you're quite, a year you, before. And you're like, because you've been quite skiing quite a lot, you get to that skill level. It's like playing the guitar. Like, if you're a very yeah, poor and average just, guitar player, you could pick it up and still play average and poorly. Yeah. But if you're a good skier... Within, I imagine within days, if you haven't been in a while, I was just like, shoo, yeah, shoo, shoo. I, I, I was, I, I was shocked by it. I, I really thought I was going to take a tumble, and it was just like the first turn, bam! Oh yeah, I remember. So it's like there's, there's definitely different types of of learning, and there's the learning that just stays with you. Even something like playing chess, I learned how to play chess when I was a kid, and now in adult life, if someone's like, oh, do you want a game of chess or whatever? Oh yeah, sure. You know, I've. I've I remember that and, and you know, this, this like, or temping bowling or whatever, things that I was good at when I was a kid, I'm, I'm still good at now. But so much of the stuff at school, you just don't forget. Don't, don't remember any of it. It's not the type of learning where it just stays with you and then actually you can do that for I, I, life. I think, like you said, it is all down to a lot of this pr early preemptive programming of the human race just through the schooling system doesn't encourage you to think, doesn't encourage you to use information and retain it in a way, just encourage you to repeat and forget stuff, you know, doesn't go into the best ways to find what humans really might be good at. Well, I don't know, it kind of annoys me that the fact that it's built up forever now that young people now are facing like just a harder future of just schooling, trying to prepare them for life, which I is- I mean, can you imagine a school now in the future where where kids were wearing masks they were uh, they were keeping two meters apart from everyone in the classroom social distancing they were in their bubbles and allocated oh, to that. just um interact with their classmates and no other classes i mean this is literally what is happening at the moment so like it sounds outrageous, yeah, outrageous but, but this is actually all i'm saying really is what if this just prolongs and doesn't, you know, is the norm, norm from now on? And they just take it a step further. I mean, which doesn't seem outrageous because usually, you know, things progress in a certain way or your f certain freedoms get taken. You know, they they well, kind of I, rarely well, like backpedal the whole way on this stuff. It, things that like remain. So it, it, it doesn't, well, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility no, that no. this is how schools are going to be from now on. No, I mean, think how drastic they could change. The difference between, say, our school in 20, I mean, over 20 years ago, dude, we're talking primary school 30 years ago. So we're talking about 
how our schooling was back then, how schooling is now, like with especially with the remote schooling, like with this whole like COVID nightmare, you know, we kids just having masks and being two meters apart isn't gonna be enough. And having the unruly ones separated now, we'll put them at home. We don't want them socially integrating with children in class, but now maybe they you know, we have to keep them super separated even in their lunch times and their, their socialising times. Oh, you can have to go out in groups of three and stuff like that. You know, all the sort of stuff, you know, like we're talking about our curriculum not being value, value enough, but I know even the social values that children will lose in school. I mean, we, I think, dude, now I look back, I think we're probably quite lucky. <laughs> well, there's, well, there's a school just opposite me in the park in... Bethnal Green, and they come out at lunchtime. And during the whole pandemic, they've they've come out and they've had to sort of gather in circles, bubbles. Mm, yeah, you know, they they keep them referring in the pandemic concept bubbles, bubbles. So they like each form is in their own separate bubble, and it's a Muslim school, so they've all got these like religious like uh, yeah heads head wear or whatever so i initially was like oh is this like a religious thing like i, I didn't really know what was going on and then uh a guy in the past and no no it's for it's for covid and i thought oh that's weird, weird you know i thought it was a religious thing because it just looked so fucking weird and it looked kind of cultish you know what i mean like everyone in these sort of bubbles but then what like made it like sort of like quite nazi-ish is there was like a teacher that was going to sort of each individual bubble kind of like looking in on it like mm, yes everything everyone fit and well yeah two meters two meters you know and then she was like working her way around to the next bubble and like looking into that one like, mm, yes everyone fit and well i was i was thinking this is just <laughs> insane like and and you know the kids had masks on not all of them, you know, but like a lot of them had like masks on and they're, they're out in the fresh air. <laughs> so they're out in the fresh air in the playground. They've got masks on, they're in circles, you know, like what is going on? Where's the, what, this, does, this doesn't, <laughs> you know look, what I mean? This doesn't look like a conventional lunch great break slash playground encounter I've no. been used to when I was schooling. No. This looks some no. sick dystopian nightmare what school it's cultish what's cultish what the school's gonna look like if, it's, yeah. if this is where it starts now yeah and like for the people that sort of think well you know this is just whilst the pandemic's on well it makes no sense now so what's the difference <laughs> you know if it, if it would make no sense in the future okay well it makes no sense now so not really a big leap <laughs> Because it's completely ludicrous now, even if you fully believe in the pandemic narrative, it makes no sense which, for children which you who are pretty much unaffected by this to be going to yeah. these extreme levels of paranoia. Which are completely unnecessary. Yeah, with something that even if they did contract, they would have a 0.004% chance of getting fatally ill from. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, there is millions of kids across the globe that have been straight up traumatized by this experience. Yeah. They have been led to believe that if they're not gonna 
die from the virus, they're going to give it to granny. Yeah. They're going to they're going to kill their grandma or their grandpa. You know, they've had mm. the fear of God put into them, literally. And, and, and only like overnight. I mean, imagine how yeah. much has changed. Their schooling was fine up to about yeah. a year ago, and all of a sudden, especially the kids that are very aware, you know what I mean, of that age, and now all of a sudden, put this into them. Yeah. Well, like, we didn't have to suffer that. All. Imagine coming to my age. I tell you, Reese, if that was my age, if I was my age now, 13, 14 years old, all the signs up in school, face mask, sanitizers, if you affect your family, you could be spreading the disease. Yeah, uh, that... it's just like religion, because you know that sort of idea of you're unclean. It's like a puritanical religion. You know, you're unclean. You you have to sanitize your hands. You you know, that's what religion teaches you. You're a sinner. You're unclean. You need to be cleansed. You know, it has all the hallmarks of religion and the type of stuff that we were taught in school. It's well, like... like I said, where to go, how what times to go out now, because obviously. Everything's been had to have been structured yep. around these rules, a bit like religion and structured around rules. Yeah, and it's teaching kids to be afraid of other kids. You know, it's teaching them to be afraid of like of humans, like their fellow man. Teaching like, to be afraid of religions. Yes. yes. And like, it's breeding paranoia, anxiety. Sort of thing recently, where it was saying that record number of children have developed facial tics and stuttering during this time because they're under so much like anxiety and stress and it's like really you know we should be keeping yeah we should be keeping kids out of this i mean to do this stuff in in schools i don't think that you know it's all in the name of the the vulnerable and the elderly but if you asked any elderly person are you comfortable with kids going through this at school? You know that they would say no. No, no. Because, you know, that's a good thing with, like, the elderly of our generation still, is they always do it for the best for the generations before them. You know, they, they would They would say, no, they should be in school, they should be learning. Yeah, they, they shouldn't should have to wear masks. masks. They shouldn't have to not see their friends and socially distance. I don't want that for them. I don't want that for my grandchildren. They certainly don't want that for their future. My God. No, no, no. Not that it would just breathe another wave after wave no. of this behaviour. No. And this is all, and this whole thing is supposed to be all about the elderly, but it's like, when do they actually ask the elderly what they want? Because my, my nanja in this time has been locked in a care home, like a prison. She's not allowed to see the other... Uh, Inmates, <laughs> like literally, no, like the other the the residents. the other residents that yeah. that feel like inmates. My mum has been stopped from going to see her. Yeah, it's literally like she's in prison. Yeah, and even, even, you know, even, is that is even, that really even, caring about the elderly? Yeah, even I mean, like I said, I know it's born out of this rhetoric and narrative. It's all about health and protecting people, but we're talking about. How about how do young children feel they could be feared into giving them something that could kill them? Well, what if they have their elderly grandparents has only got a few years left or a yeah. couple years left? And you may not see them at all. They're terminal and palliative care or something. And you've been told you can't see them until now. Yeah. And like really as well, if you're in the age, like bearing in mind the average death age of COVID is 82. The 
average life expectancy, I think, is around 75 or so. Is it It's way less. So the average death age, we're, we're not just talking about elderly. We're talking about people that are in, you know, old care homes. Yeah. And, like, it, it's, so, it's so misleading, you know, to say, oh, we're protecting the elderly. It's like we're protecting the... The really elderly. We're protecting people that are kind of already yeah, protected, protected, or or and away from society. Society like, who are very who are in care homes with a lot of quite good anti-bacterial uh, measures in place. They are. There's chances of them getting. To care. And then the people yeah. that aren't, like True. say my nan, who's in like she's not in an actual care home. She's sort of in like a residential shared accommodation. Like, right. She's been stopped from seeing like all her friends, and she now can't do anything because of the risk of COVID. But when you're my nan's age, you add COVID to your list of worries. You know, like having a heart attack, having a stroke, dying from cancer, dying from pneumonia, dying from, you know, you've got a long list of worries and you're add getting COVID-19 to that list of worries. And actually statistically, you know, it, it would be quite far down the list. So yeah. none of it makes sense from that perspective. Yeah, I and and it's right. all in the name of protecting the elderly, who our governments have historically never given a crap about. And and the whole thing with the schooling, I mean, I don't know who they're protecting when it comes to the kids and the schooling, because if anything, you're just going to crash the already faltering education system that we do have. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, we don't agree with how kids, what curriculum they're being taught in schools, but what little rubbish they were being taught. At least they were all being taught in an inclusive classroom, at least, you know, all together. You know, like, the what this has done now in terms of the virus is it's completely crashed that. I feel like it, it the young potentially traumatised a whole generation It hasn't protected young people as much as it hasn't protected old people, dude. Like, young people will be seriously affected in the sense that it's going to be generations now where every time someone coughs or something that they we they'll remember from their time in school that oh we were taught in class you know two meters remember there'll be a generation now of young people who might even just further this by just be better repeaters like they have been in the rest of their career yeah and if people think that stuff like that doesn't stick well why do you think we still say bless you they've been building plagues been gone for years. You know, I think before that it was even to do with like some kind of uh, demonic spirit. You know, this stuff sticks in people's minds. I think we're looking at a generation of traumatised kids that are being taught really to fear each other. other humans, humans, fear each other. Mm. And the greatest way to control population is to turn that population on itself. Yeah. And by teaching kids, A, to fear everything and just be very fearful, anxious, paranoid, on edge, you know. It probably like, makes them easier to program because it then just gets them, them to focus on your school and focus on yeah. your studies, you know. Yeah, and, and, and makes them, you know, yeah, easier to mould, easier to program, easier to control and, and easier to sort of accept you as their saviour. It turns up everything that we were already talking about it takes away their identity even more saying how covid is going to impact young people's lives in terms of schooling but all the 
all the other factors they've got to worry climate about. Climate change, you know, I think, is something well. that's being pushed on kids in a big way that is scaring the living hell out of them. I remember an old art director of mine saying that the thing that she feared most when she was a little girl was nuclear bomb. That was the thing that kept her up at night. <gasps> what if there's a, a nuclear bomb and it, and it wipes everything out? Well, she obviously was talking about the, the, the Cold War. She interestingly said that her, her child at the time, this is why she told me in the first place, she said, oh, when I was a kid, I was afraid that there was going to be a nuclear bomb. My, my child now is afraid that he's going to get stabbed. He thinks that he's going to get stabbed. He thinks that he's going to get attacked. Because at the time in Britain, it was sort of before the war on terror, before terrorism was the, 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 the fear peddling thing. Mm. It was like knife crime. Gangs are going crazy. Knife crime is, is out of control. You're, you know, like stabbing is through the roof. And she like said that her, her little boy was like, oh, mummy, will I get stabbed? You know, um, which at, at the time I thought, yeah, that's crazy. But then I guess in like, you know, as time went, went on, a child's fear might might be, oh, will we get killed in one of these bombs, mummy? Like, you know, might have been terrorism or something. Obviously, now it's now it's COVID, but you know, it's weird how like these things as well like traumatize different generations of children. Mm, yeah. And parents might think, mm. oh, they're not paying attention. They're paying attention. Oh hell yeah! Kids are so smart. They're so switched on. They see mummy and daddy watching the news. They're you know they're not stupid. Like they 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 know what's going on. I like to feel like the, like the programming will be so strong now that really I feel like the only solution would be like parents taking their kids out of school and either homeschooling them if they could. I know like most parents couldn't. Or yeah, right. setting up like our own schools. Independent You know schools. what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. It feels An like own board this, of education. Yeah, it feels like the only answer to... The education problem is really kind of like creating our our own schools, our own school systems, like, well, and, and and I keep coming right. back to that like all the time, like with all these like social problems. Like I've been watching something about the uh, Ubuntu party. I'll talk about it in another episode, but it's really interesting. It's give, about give like, us a taster now. It's like about like a contributionist society where everyone's kind of like putting into their own community and like unplugging from the um, electricity grid and mm -hmm. creating their own electricity cool. and basically being like completely like self-sufficient. Self wow. And he's from uh, South Africa and he's trying to get a, a town on board in South Africa to be the first town to to kind of like... Wow, break Almost like, yeah, bridge. break away from society. And they have like a people's bank so they're not under the control of, you know, the Rothschilds and like the banking system. Um, and they kind of just become like self-sufficient, but also everyone in the community is involved in these community projects and they all put in like time, you know, wow. the time that they can afford to these community projects. And then before they know it, they're living in a community of abundance where that where where or they have like more than food. more than ever. Yeah. I mean they And like they're all like, you know. They probably just have to um, buy the odd luxury item, but you could still do that for trade because if they were growing, say, abundance of food, yeah. 
then you could just sell that for money and buy the lush jams anyway. Yeah, and like everyone in the community also gets a say on like like they're completely transparent in terms of like, look, this is the money we have and and it's up to us as a community what to spend it on. So it's like it's a completely different setup to anything else. Right. And there's a great series about it on Gaia uh, called Ubuntu and uh, like they cool. have a they they even have a party in like uh, London but yeah it's it really feels like the answer to like a lot of these problems like that sounds you, like a good education you, yeah good way to start exactly you, you can imagine we... an education system being integrated into this type of society and like this kind of like breakaway seems like the only answer to me like going like in politics, they talk about, oh, we're going to increase funding to education or we're going to decrease funding. But there is, they never talk about changing the education system. Like Point it's never going made. to change. Yes. It's never going to change. So it's mm -hmm. like we need to detach from it. And, and we also need to detach from all these other things, the banking system and and um, well, it's like the stuff energy grid or whatever. We can create our own energy. We can we can control you know our own finances we 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 don't have to wait around for your grants or whatever because we've got our own people in our community that can build things and fix things and do things for ourselves we don't need you we can grow our own food <laughs> we can do everything for ourselves we can be completely self-sufficient we don't actually need you see you know what some people could be listening we can it. give our kids a good education as I say, some people could be listening right now thinking, you know what, you're just describing an Amish community and there's loads of those already. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, they seem to get along just fine, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we wouldn't have to go without all the luxuries we have and stuff, you know, but... Yeah, but it's it's not... Uh, we don't, it's not we don't need to be slaves. No, no, God, no. No, you know, and, 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 and we don't need to just send our children to a, a brainwash camp. We can actually give them the right education, teach them things that we think are valuable. Yeah. That was the first episode of The Schism. Hope you enjoyed it. We've got plenty more episodes on the way. In the meantime, follow us on our Instagram at schism.tv. Keep watching the skies. Mm -hmm.